Everybody say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And don't just say it, mean it. Realize that you're about to get some treasure. And your enemy is where? Here. He's ready to distract you. Ready to make you sleepy. Ready to make you remember something else so that you can forget about what you're doing right now and be preoccupied with something else. So, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. Lesson number 140, Surah An-Nahl, ayah number 114 to 128. فَكُلُوا So you all eat مِمَّا from that which رَزَقَكُمْ He has provided you. Who has provided you? Allahu Allah. Because Allah is Al-Razzaq, the supreme provider. He is Al-Qayyum, the one who is sustaining the entire existence the sustainer of the entire existence. So whatever Allah has provided you with, what does Allah say? Kulu, eat from it. Meaning, use it, enjoy it. But just make sure that it is, first of all, halalan, lawful. And secondly, it should also be tayyiban, good, clean, pure. And then once you eat, once you enjoy these blessings, washkuru, and be grateful. Ni'matallahi for the blessing of Allah. In kuntum, if you, iyahu, only him, ta'budun, you all worship. Meaning, if you truly worship Allah alone, then what should you do? First of all, eat. Use what Allah has given you. Secondly, make sure that it is halal and tayyib. And thirdly, washkuru, be grateful. So all of this is what? Ibadah. All of this is worship. Because worship is what? Obedience. So when we eat something, when we feed our bodies, then yes, we are fulfilling a need, and yes, we are perhaps also fulfilling a desire, but what are we doing? We are also worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the act of eating. How? How are we worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the very act of eating? Exactly, because he is telling us, Kulu, eat. So when he is telling us to eat, and we eat, this becomes an act of worship. So can you imagine, if you eat, you know, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your suhul, your iftar, your snack, whatever, and you're eating to fulfill this need, right? And you remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also told me to eat, then this eating will become an act of worship. Just imagine. In what other religion will eating be an act of worship? Who will reward you for eating? Maybe your mom will. Right? That you finished your food when you were a six-year-old perhaps. Hmm? But think about it. Who will reward you for eating? Who will be happy that you ate? Generally, this is something that is not considered that good. In fact, if you are in a gathering and you're eating, people look at you. I mean, eat a little less. Hmm? How much are you going to eat? Are you going to eat all of this? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to eat. Why? Because He gave us these blessings in the first place. And Allah likes it. That when He has given a blessing to His servant, that servant uses that blessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes to see the effect of that blessing, the traces of that blessing on that individual. 
And those traces cannot come unless and until you actually use those blessings. So kulu, eat. But remember that don't just go on eating anything and everything you want. Make sure that it is halal and tayyib. Two conditions, halal and tayyib. Halal, meaning the food in and of itself should be lawful. For example, the meat should be from an animal that you are allowed to consume, that you are allowed to eat. Right? Likewise, the drink should also be such that is not going to intoxicate you. Right? So it should be halal in and of itself. And halal also in the way that it was acquired. In the way that that food was obtained. Like for example, apple. Is it lawful? Is it halal? Grapes. Are they lawful? Yes. But what if you go to the grocery store, you're like, I'm really hungry. I think I need a snack. So I'll just grab an apple and eat while I shop. Who's going to find out? Who's going to question me? Who's going to say anything to me? I'm not going to pay for it. Whatever. Was that halal food? Nope. Many times it happens that as soon as you enter the grocery store, children, they start asking for food, for snacks. And many times, I myself have seen that people will give food to their children in the store, grocery store. And they're not going to pay for it. Allahu alam. But how do you know if you're going to pay for it? How will you remember? And have you taken permission before even consuming that food? Have you taken permission? If you haven't, how can you use it? You cannot. You know, if it's packaged food and you take, okay, one thing out because your child is having a tantrum and you go straight to the cash and pay for it. Okay, you know, you opened it, but as soon as you opened it, you showed it and you paid for it. That's understandable. But if you eat a banana and you throw the peel in the garbage can, that was not halal banana. You fed yourself or your child haram food. Halal, remember, is in both ways. In and of itself, and secondly, in the way that it has been acquired. So eat the blessings. Eat these foods, but make sure they're halal. And secondly, they should also be tayyib. They should also be good, clean, pure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us with different, different kinds of foods. Isn't it? So much variety. And in this surah especially, We have learned about so many different varieties from milk to fruits and vegetables and honey and so on and so forth. But like everything else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created all foods of the same kind, meaning of the same nutritional value. Some have more and some have less nutritional value. Some are beneficial for you and some are not that beneficial for you. And this is basically a task for us. That from all of this that is made available to you, what do you choose for yourself? Because what you choose, your choice, what does that tell? That basically tells about you. Right? What you are, what you prefer about your nature. Like when the Prophet ﷺ went for Mi'raj, he was offered milk and wine. If he took the wine, it would have been okay with him because he's being offered that up there. When he was still in Mecca, remember, and alcohol was made forbidden when? Later on. So technically alcohol was not forbidden at that time. If the Prophet ﷺ took it, no problem. But he took milk. Right? His choice, the fact that he selected the milk, he preferred the milk over wine, what did that show about his nature, that he was upon 
the fitrah. That's what Jibreel said, right? So he was upon the fitrah, meaning his choice was good. So remember, there are many, many things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us to eat. Some are good for us, some are bad for us. Some are going to benefit us and some are going to make us sick. Some foods are going to make us stronger and healthier and other foods are just going to make us unhealthy, unfit. Hmm? So eat it, make sure it's halal, but also select the tayyib for yourself. Look at what you are eating. Don't just look at the halal label, okay, and the kosher label and say, yeah, it's fine, it's okay. And you eat it or you drink it. No, think about how much sugar there is in that food product. Okay. Likewise, look at the nutritional value. Does the packaging have more nutritional value or the food inside has more nutritional value? Evaluate. See what you're putting in your body. See what you're putting inside your body because what you're going to put inside your body is going to have an effect on you. It's definitely going to impact your behavior. It's going to impact your attention span. It's going to impact your physique. And that is going to affect your body image. That's going to affect your dealings with other people, your relationship. It's going to make a whole lot of impact on you, what you eat. You are what you eat, right? So sometimes we're just concerned about halal, but we don't care about tayyib. We don't care about tayyib. You know, it's amazing sometimes how children are fed sugar upon sugar upon sugar. What does that do to their teeth? And what does that do to their body? And what does that do to their hyperness levels? And it's amazing. It's beyond amazing. And why? It's just that they are having sugar. Too much sugar. And as a result, what happens? Their immunity declines. And at the same time, they develop other issues and then they're given medication in order to be calmed down, right? Because parents are always complaining, he's too hyper, too hyper, too hyper. And they're taken to a doctor and then medication is prescribed and that has a whole lot of other effects on the poor child. So look at your diet. What are you eating? Is it a balanced diet? Is it a healthy diet? Or is it just carbs and sugars? Or is it you know, a balance like that we learn about in the surah? Recently I was watching this video in which this man, really like pro-health and, you know, like at an extreme basically. So a question was asked that if we were to, you know, for an average person, if they want to improve their diet, what is it that they should do? You know, just one thing that's very simple. He said, the best thing that you can do is eliminate sugar. Eliminate sugar. What does that mean? That you don't have a sweet apple? No, you have a sweet apple, but you don't put three tablespoons of white sugar, in other words, aka white poison, in your cup of tea. You don't do that. Because if you will do that, instantly your immunity is going to go down. And when it's going to go down, you're going to easily catch anything. This guy was saying that for so many years, he hasn't even caught a cold. He has not been sick. He has not caught a cold. Why? Because he says, I don't have any sugar. He has fruit, but he doesn't have white sugar. And what do we do? We have that sugar in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And then as a result, we get sick and we complain so much. Why is it that our energy levels are constantly 
you know, going up and down, up and down, and with that our mood is also being affected. Because especially for women, what happens? If they have physical energy, they will have emotional energy too. Right? They will have more patience, more tolerance with their children. But as soon as that physical strength goes down, it declines, then what happens? They become more impatient, they begin yelling at the children over every little thing. Right? So, think about what you eat. Eat halal and eat tayyib. Eat halal and eat tayyib. You know, we should have some kind of workshop here so that we realize what we are eating and we can really check our food. Are we just having pizza and pop? You know, I remember there was this yogurt drink that I got for my kids. And I was so happy, you know, yogurt drink. And my kids are actually drinking yogurt. So my husband, he just, you know, looked at the nutritional facts and he said, oh, this has the same amount of sugar as Coke does. It has the same amount of sugar as Coke. The ratio was exactly the same. Can you imagine? And if you look at the ingredients, skim milk. Why do you have to give babies or children skim milk? Because don't give them full fat milk because they'll get obese. Right? So give children skim milk or low fat milk. Why? Because you're eating so much sugar all the time, of course they're going to go obese. So we cut down on good fats, on healthy fats, and we eat a lot of junk. Too much junk. And remember, when we're eating junk food, not only are we hurting our bodies, but at the same time, we're also kind of, I mean, disobeying Allah. Allah is telling us to eat tayyib. And if we are leaving tayyib and eating khabith, literally khabith food, do we realize what that food has been prepared from? What that food has been prepared from? What kind of ingredients have been used? What kind of you know a factory it was produced in? We just, all that we are concerned about is what? The tongue. The taste. If it tastes good, I like it. And if it doesn't taste good, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have it. Even if it is a mubarak food, a blessed food such as olives. I'm not going to taste it even. Why? I'm not going to try it because I don't like it. We worship our desires. This is a sad reality. We follow our desires. And this is why we only eat what satisfies our tongue. And if something is good for our health, we will leave it just because... It doesn't satisfy our tongue. Assalamualaikum. Um, I was reading in a book that if you have a horse and it costs so much money and you feed it the right thing so that it would grow and it can do what you need it to do. So if we're feeding our body junk food all the time, we're ruining our body, we're not taking as much care of ourselves as we would do other animals. And that's being ungrateful to Allah because He gave us such a great body. Yes. That is ingratitude basically. Not eating proper food is ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah gave us this body. And what are we doing to this body? I was just thinking that eating tayyib food basically will increase your lifespan to a certain extent. And I remember the story of the two men. The first one, he died as a martyr. Like he didn't die, he was a shaheed basically. And the other one, he lived for another year. And he lived to see one more Ramadan, and then he passed away. And Rasulullah said that um, the one that lived longer, he was able to enter Jannah before the shaheed. 
And if we are eating layup food, and that's going to enable us to live longer and in turn do more good deeds. Yes. And that's more. Jazakallah khair for bringing that up. Because when these two people died one after the other, one of the Sahaba had a dream that the one who died later entered Jannah before the one who died as a shaheed a year earlier. So obviously he was wondering that what happened? I mean the one who died as a shaheed and he died a year earlier, he should have entered Jannah first. So the Prophet ﷺ said something to the effect of, yes, the one who lived an extra year performed more prayers, right? He kept more fasts, he performed more righteous deeds, and therefore he entered Jannah before. So remember, if our health is good, we can do more. We can accomplish more. But if our health is not good, then how can we have the energy to recite Qur'an? And how can we have the energy to you know, pray? Think about it. We cannot. How can we have the strength to serve others and help others? So when I was in high school, Coke and chocolate in the morning was the breakfast to have. Like it was the must, you know, to get hyper throughout the day. And then when I found out about how the experiment with Coke happened, the bone was put in there and then it rusted and stuff, so I stopped drinking Coke and stuff. And then a couple of weeks ago, I saw another scientific method that was done on um, Coke, where they cooked the Coke for 10-15 minutes and it turned out to be some, all the sugar came up, like, you know, sheet in like, are all of our stuff, like it's just water and sugar, and that's it. And then another 10 minutes later, it became into black tart. And it was so disgusting. I was like, thank God, alhamdulillah, I like stopped long time ago, but this alhamdulillah. is... Alhamdulillah. Yeah. You know what? It seems difficult that how can I live without Coke? I mean, I have it every day. I have it with every meal. But the fact is that once you leave these things, then you don't enjoy them anymore. In fact, tayyib food is what you like. I remember I could never have a salad without salad dressing. Never. Especially, I mean, if it had kale. I mean, you leave all the kale leaves. You just have the carrots and the tomatoes and the cucumbers, right? You leave all the leaves. But I remember I heard somebody saying that it's an acquired taste. That once you start having salad without any dressing, you actually begin to appreciate the taste of the raw vegetables. And alhamdulillah, so happened that we ran out of salad dressing and I did not buy it. I did not make it, I did not buy it. And since then, alhamdulillah, we've been having salads without any dressing. And it's mostly kale with other leafy greens and other raw vegetables. And we enjoy it. We enjoy it. And the thing is that we always complain about children not having proper food. It's because they are not given proper food from the beginning. What are they given to eat? Chips? Chocolate, right? Candy, junk. This is what they're fed basically. So why would that child ever eat something green and leafy ever in his life? Why would he do that? Bismillah, I was thinking about the white sugar, what you said. My daughter wants she wants tea very badly, the youngest one. And I give her tea, just she can't sit down. We keep putting her down and she's jumping around. Almost like half an hour she's jumping. Yeah. So until she's with her, I was wondering, this is not normal. It was a sugar. Yeah. We gave our son, what is that? Ice cap. Right? We're like, yeah, it's hot. Okay, have a few sips. And poor child, it was midnight and he could not go to sleep. And he had just a few sips. He really couldn't sleep. Zulm. Assalamu alaikum. 
I find that sometimes we only eat things because it's in front of us. Like the Coke, for example. We used to drink it so much in my house. And then my dad said, you know what? It's not good for our bodies. So he just stopped buying Coke. And then instead, he's buying juices. And, like, you don't want to drink the juice, but you're so thirsty. And instead, if you don't want to drink the juice, you drink water. And that's so much better for you. And I find that for me, too, because there's nothing like soda to drink. And then... But you're so thirsty, you have to drink something and you're actually benefiting your body by drinking water. Exactly. Don't bring it. Save your money. Use your money in something that's more beneficial. I also noticed that, that at home we stop bringing junk food. Every grocery trip, only one treat allowed. So if it's a sugary cereal, that's the treat. And if it's a box of you know chips, that's the treat. No junk food. And alhamdulillah, there's been an awareness you know, that there's something known as junk food. And you can, you know, teach children from a very young age, you know, to make healthy choices for themselves. How long are you going to feed them? They have to realize what they're eating. They have to become independent in this. You know, there's this famous book by Dr. Seuss about teeth. And uh, it says about Billy Billings, who has 50 fillings. 50 fillings because he has a lot of junk food and that drawing is just cupcake after cupcake and soda and chocolate and cookies and candy and huge massive lollipop and that's the stuff that children like but when they see the consequences this kid with no teeth basically in his mouth it's kind of scary Salam alaikum I was taking a class of nutrition as I was doing some research I find out that before we had all this commodity of diverse commercial food, food yeah. yeah, commercial foods, ancient people used to use food as healing. Yes. And one thing that amazed me was there are so many varieties of food that each one, when they take it, they knew what it was good for. For example, because of the nature's signature. Like banana, it has the shape of a smile. And it's high in serotonin. That takes down your depression and increases your good feelings. Interesting. And like a tomato, that when you cut up in half, it has the shape of the heart. It's good for the heart. Interesting. Beets, it's all bloody and red. And it's good for your blood, purification of your blood. Interesting. So on and on, non-stop. Like kidney beans, it has the shape of kidney. And it's particularly good for your kidneys. Amazing. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Everything we need, God gave us. It's only us to look for it. Yes. And remember one thing. Food should be eaten in moderation. Because where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to eat, kulu washrabu, He also tells us, wala tusrifu, do not be extravagant. Because the moment we leave moderation and we have one food too much in excess, then obviously that will also have a negative impact on the body. alaikum. In my health psych class, we... I remember seeing a video on how scientists alter and modify the uh, ingredients in the food. For example, they have labs and they set up the ingredients that they could be putting on in the food. And there's a concept called bliss point in which uh, sugar, fat, and, and salt 
because those are the three ingredients that humans enjoy in general. So they modify it to a point that it just makes the person addicted to the food, that they go back and buying the food. Yes. I remember hearing about that also, that the food, basically junk food, that we buy, it's been engineered. It's been produced in labs, engineered, so that the taste is such that you're never 100% satisfied. I mean, you enjoy it, but then you want more, and then you want more, and then you want more, which is why you could be having those you know, really super spicy nachos, okay? and then you have one or two, and you're like, it's spicy, but then what do you want to have? More. And then you want more. And once you finish the packet, you're like, I have to get another one. Right? So obviously if you're having all of this junk food, why would you have real food? Sometimes we think that if it's a vegetable, it's healthy. But sometimes it's not, especially if it's... I mean, again, too much of anything is not good. Yeah. And sometimes we cook the vegetables so much that they lose all their nutritional value. And then it's just like carbs and stuff. Jazakallah khayran. Cooking the food to death. <laughs> right? So that literally it's dead stuff in front of you. It doesn't have any nutritional value. Everything has been killed, including the bacteria. Okay, Everything has been killed. The good things and the bad things. So when you eat it, it's not going to benefit you. I don't really know how relevant this is, but it's about food. So I remember Estaza saying uh, that like the feeling you cook food with has an effect on the people who eat it too. So like cook the food in a, like with good feelings. Yeah, with shukr. And which is the next part of the ayah, that washkuru, be grateful. Because sometimes it happens that we're eating food, but we're complaining and unhappy. So obviously, if for example, you're having sushi and you're like, rawfish, it's going to make me sick, it's going to make me sick, it's going to make me sick, of course you're going to throw up after five minutes. Right? So be grateful. If you don't want to eat it, don't eat it, leave it. But if you're eating it, then please don't complain about it. Assalamualaikum. While we're on the subject of uh, food engineering and so on, I also wanted to just mention the fact that we use a microwave a lot and it's very, very bad for all of us. So I don't know. For me, I've decided to just get rid of it and I'm so happy about it. And it's been several years and I don't even miss it. Alhamdulillah. So people, please. Alhamdulillah. See, the thing is, we don't think about what we're eating, how we are preparing it. We don't think about these things what effect it's going to have on the food and what effect that food is going to have on our body. So start thinking about it. Start questioning what you're eating. You know, when we've been told, eat halal, that means don't just grab anything and eat it. First check, is it lawful? Use your mind. And then check, is it good for me? Children do this, that they put anything in their mouths. Right? Even if it's a piece of plastic, they'll put it in their mouths. Animals also. I mean, you'll find goats eating paper. Right? But human beings, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us aql, intellect, let's use it. A lot of people think that since my family doesn't eat like healthy, I shouldn't eat healthy. But the thing is that it only takes one person to make that change. Yes. So um, when I started eating healthier, my, my parents started to buy better food for me, and therefore they would buy the same foods for themselves. And now it's come to a point where if I eat a bad food, my mom will say, why are you eating that? And now it's like a mutual thing. So, Alhamdulillah. You have to be the change. Assalamualaikum. In our community, it's a huge issue about type 2 diabetes. And both of my parents have been diagnosed with that. So 
sweets have been virtually cut out of our diet completely. And they still have young children, like me and my siblings, but we don't, we haven't had homemade sweets from outside in so long. And we crave it, but it's a good side effect of something that happens to them. They take care of, like we remind each other to have. Alhamdulillah. And the thing is that this is how we develop self-control. And is self-control important to a believer? Does it matter? Of course. If you don't have self-control, how are you going to control yourself at the time of anger? How are you going to have sabr over any difficulty? Self-control begins from what you put in your mouth. What you put in your mouth. If you just put anything, just because it tastes good, that means there is lack of self-control. So, yes, there is food in front of you, but you say, no, it's not halal, I cannot eat it. Or you say, okay, it's halal, but it's not tayyib. I'm not going to eat it. Instead, I'm going to eat something else. You're developing self-control. You're actually becoming stronger inside. And when you'll become stronger inside, then you'll be able to deal with life's difficulties. So, kulu, eat of what? That which is halal and tayyib. And washkuru ni'mat Allah. Be grateful for the blessing of Allah. Give thanks. Don't just eat and fill your bellies and burp. Be grateful. Unfortunately, that's what we do. We eat until we're full. And we pass a comment on, yeah, good food, or I didn't really like it that much. It could have been better. We complain. وَاشْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ إِيَّاهُ تَعْبُدُونَ If you truly worship Him, then remember Him when you eat and after you eat. Recitation. فَكُلُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا وَاشْكُرُوا وَاشْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ إِيَّاهُ تَعْبُدُونَ